We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'd like to welcome you to the, I guess these are the dog days of uh, summer. Hmm. And uh, pretty interesting. And, uh, of course, winding down toward uh, the inevitable in September and uh, everything else. It just seems... It's gone by so incredibly fast, and um, I, I think uh, no matter what your age is, I, I think everyone is in, in agreement of this. I think it's just the general speeding up of things in society uh, that has caused this phenomenon. There's just so much going on. Anyway, enough of the philosophy. We're going to get to some jazz music tonight, and of course, as you... Um, may or may not be aware, our new policy on The Jazz Show is to present the jazz feature first. Uh, that's our first music that we play after the theme, of course, by our great uh, trombonist, Benny Green and Company, and uh, a few words from myself, and then we get into the jazz feature. Rather than uh, have me talk about it and then have you wait, till 11 o'clock because uh, many of you can't. You've got to get up in the morning and uh, that only adds to a certain amount of frustration if it's somebody that you really want to listen to. So that's why we've uh, changed the format and it will be continuous. Uh, it won't go back to the old format. That's the way it's going to be from now on. The feature will be the first music you hear. And tonight is a very special jazz feature. It's actually one of the best big band albums in the history of the music, modern big band albums. It got five stars in uh, Downbeat magazine, and it was uh, John Tynan, the, the critic, said, this is one of the year's outstanding big band albums. As a unified work, this piece can be considered Bill Holman's finest writing to date. It's emotionally moving and conceptually fresh. Best of all, it swings around the Maypole and back again for the best in West Coast big band jazz. This is it. And uh, the critic was the redoubtable John Tynan, who wrote for Downbeat for many years. He was the West Coast jazz critic. Bill Holman, of course, has been centered uh, on the West Coast for many years, um, started his career. He was a very fine tenor saxophonist and joined Stan Kenton's band in the uh, mid-1950s and began. Kenton realized that he had a good writer on his hands in the band and commissioned Bill Holman to uh, write arrangements of tunes and uh, contribute some of his original compositions. And that's how Bill Holman got his start, really. And um, Bill is still alive to this day. He was born in 1927, so he's not a young man. But um, Kenton was really uh, the person that put Bill Holman on the map. And after a time with Kenton, and Bill was... Uh, involved with Kenton for many years, on and off. But occasionally, Bill Holman would go out and uh, create a few gigs and put together his own band. 
and uh, perform these gigs and hopefully a record date. And that's basically how this album came out. And Bill Holman, of course, was able to pick from the cream of the crop of Los Angeles musicians. And there were literally hundreds of excellent musicians. L.A., of course, was a a good center uh, to make lots of money if you were a good musician, if you were uh, an excellent reader, as most of these gentlemen were. And I'm, I'm not talking about just an average music reader. I'm talking about being an excellent reader. This was this is most important uh, so that one could do uh, studio work, which involved television, radio, movies, commercials, all that kind of stuff, and support a jazz career. <laughs> That's what most of these guys did. They were all committed jazz musicians, but they uh, were able to make a very good living uh, doing other kinds of music as well, and performing on uh, on pop records for uh, for big stars, all this kind of stuff. So, the musicians in this band were really the cream of uh, Los Angeles crop, and they were also all excellent jazz musicians, capable of delivering strong solos and uh, being able to blend and uh, and being able to swing. One of the things about Bill Holman's writing was that it uh, involved counterpoint and dissonance, but it was also very melodic and very, very swinging. Um, I talked to a number of people who, who played with Stan Kenton over the years, and uh, they all, in a word, told me that their favorite arrangements to play in compositions were, were Bill Holman's. Because that that just made them uh, happy, and and they enjoyed playing his music, and I think you'll find this on, on this recording. So we'll get to the music in just a moment. I'll run down the personnel. You're going to recognize some of these names on trumpet. The one of the greatest of all lead trumpet players was the mighty Al Porcino. He rarely soloed, but he carried the trumpet section uh, as as one of the great lead players. Uh, we will hear solos by the other trumpet players, uh, such as Connie Condoli, Ray Lynn, and Stu Williamson. On trombones, Louis McGeary, Bob Fitzpatrick, and Ray Sims. Ray Sims happens to be Zoot Sims' brother. On alto saxophones, two of the finest that lived on the West Coast, Herb Geller and my favorite, Charlie Mariano. And on tenor saxophones, the leader, Bill Holman, and the other tenor saxophonist is the wonderful, originally from Mexico, Richie Camuca. And on, um, also on uh, tenor saxophone was Charlie Kennedy. On baritone saxophone, Steve Perlow, excellent musician. And this wonderful rhythm section, the Grey Ghost on piano, Lou Levy. On bass, Max Bennett. Max went on to do all kinds of pop music and and stuff over the years and worked uh, a number of years uh, for Frank Zappa, great bass player. And on drums, the Taylor, Mel Lewis, one of the greatest of all big band drummers. Uh, These pieces were recorded in April of 1957. And there's six selections on the album. 
So we open with Bill Holman's arrangement. This is probably the most exciting track, perfect opening track. This is Sonny Rollins' composition called Erigen, as arranged by Bill Holman. Um, we'll uh, let you know after we hear the jazz feature all the different soloists in the band. We're not going to run them down now. So Erigen is the opening track. Then we get to some Holman originals. The second tune is called Evil Eyes. And tune number three is called You and I. And uh, I guess Bill Holman liked eyes because tune number four is called Bright Eyes. And then we get to the Harold Arland, uh, Johnny Mercer, great tune called Come Rain or Come Shine. Wonderful uh, arrangement of that tune, standard. And the final tune is the longest on the track. It's about 15 minutes long, and it's uh, almost a, it's a, a mini suite. And uh, I guess it's uh, depicting urban living, and it's called The Big Street, written and arranged by Bill Holman. So without further ado, this is uh, our jazz feature this evening, the fabulous Bill Holman and his big band. Enjoy.
our jazz feature this evening, the big band of the great arranger-composer Bill Holman. And uh, that was, uh, as I mentioned before, that was one of the classic big band albums. Really set the standard for that whole um, genre of uh, jazz music. And, of course, the, uh, the precision playing, the inspired soloists, and uh, the great compositions and arrangements, all this kind of stuff, um, made up this album called The Fabulous Bill Holman. This was his very first album under his own name after spending uh, a lot of years uh, arranging and playing the tenor saxophone with uh, the great Stan Kenton Orchestra. Holman, of course, was based in Los Angeles, and when he uh, formed this band to play a few gigs and also um, go into the recording studio, he was able to pick uh, some of the finest studio jazz players in Los Angeles, and there were literally hundreds in those days because L.A. was the place for a good musician um, to make a very, very good living and uh, play all kinds of music, but also do what a lot of musicians like to do best, and that's play jazz, and uh, that's what these guys are all about in this band. We heard uh, a band consisted of uh, Connie Condoli on trumpet, uh, Ray Lynn, lead trumpet was Al Porcino, and Stu Williamson. Then we heard uh, on trombones uh, Louis McCreary, Bob Fitzpatrick, and Ray Sims. On alto saxophones, Herb Geller, Charlie Mariano. And on tenor saxophones, Bill Holman himself, Richie Kamuka and Charlie Kennedy, and Steve Perlow played the Barry saxophone. The rhythm section was uh, superb. Lou Levy on piano, Max Bennett on bass, and of course one of the greatest big band drummers, Mel Lewis. All of this was recorded in Hollywood in April of 1957. And the tunes in the order of their appearance, we opened with Bill Holman's arrangement of the great Sonny Rollins classic called Erigen which incidentally is Nigeria, spelled backwards. The soloists on that were Bill Holman on tenor saxophone and Connie Condoli on trumpet. Then we move to three Holman originals, beginning with uh, the very bassy-like uh, tune called Evil Eyes, and that features solos by Richie Kamuka on tenor saxophone, Ray Sims on trombone, Charlie Mariano on alto saxophone. Then uh, the next tune was a Holman original called You and I, which featured uh, alto saxophonist Herb Geller, uh, Stu Williamson on trumpet, and then another alto saxophonist, of course, my favorite, Charlie Mariano, followed by Charlie Kennedy on tenor saxophone. Then uh, the next tune was called Bright Eyes, and uh, that featured solos by Lou Levy on piano, Stu Williamson on trumpet, and Bill Holman on tenor saxophones. Then the great Harold Arlen Johnny Mercer ballad, Come Rain or Come Shine, featured uh, lead by Richie Kamuka on tenor saxophone and some nice trombone work in there by Lou McCreary. Then the longest piece of music was the last piece, which was like a suite. It was called simply The Big Street. And we heard solos by Connie Condoli on trumpet. We heard a couple by Richie Kamuka on tenor saxophone, also Bill Holman uh, on tenor, also Charlie Kennedy on tenor, uh, Herb Geller on alto, 
et cetera, et cetera. A whole bunch of solos by um, mostly the, uh, the, the uh, tenor saxophonist on that final piece, but a great composition by Bill Holman called The Big Street. So that was our jazz feature this evening, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed it. One of the great examples of uh, big band jazz. And, of course, uh, Mr. Holman is still very much with us. He um, was born in 1927 and is still alive. Uh, He occasionally puts together uh, a big band, and, of course, he's got hundreds of arrangements and compositions that he can pull out any time. And, of course, when he is motivated and when all the finances are there, he can put together a big band of some of the finest musicians in the world and do uh, a concert or two or maybe even travel a little bit. He, uh, he is still active. Bill Holman. That was our jazz feature this evening. And uh, we'll continue. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. My name's Gavin Walker. And, of course, uh, we're here 101.9 on your FM dial or on your computer www.citr.ca and we'll be back with some music by the great pianist as we did last week. We did uh, some Bud Powell last week. We're going to do some more this week from a a different uh, recording session and um, give you a little more of his uh, incredible music. So do stay tuned. Some more music by the great Bud Powell right after these announcements. How much do you know about bikes? Everything? Perfect. Nothing at all? Even better. At the UBC Bike Kitchen, you can use our space and tools to do your own bike maintenance, get one-on-one instruction on how to fix your bike yourself, or drop your bike off for us to repair. You can also buy a fully refurbished, guaranteed used bicycle, or a variety of new and used parts and accessories. The Bike Kitchen is UBC's non-profit, student-owned, full-service bike shop. We're located in the basement of the Student Union Building. Just look for the stairwell on the north side of the sub across from Gage Towers, or search for the UBC Bike Kitchen on Facebook. Stop by the Bike Kitchen, and then get riding. For a taste of the classics with a twist, join me, Marguerite, with Classical Chaos Sunday mornings starting at 9, right here on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver, Canada. We're back, and uh, we're going to listen to some music by the great Bud Powell. Um, as I mentioned last week on the show, I have just finished reading um, an incredible biography of, of Mr. Powell. It's the most complete and most detailed biography. Uh, there have been other books out about Bud Powell, but this one, written by um, an author by the name of Peter Pullman, who is a, a Bud Powell aficionado, um, 
He has delivered one of the most comprehensive uh, biographies about Mr. Powell and uh, his music and uh, his uh, incredibly sad life. I found the biography quite disturbing in many respects, and I had to, um, I couldn't uh, uh, read it all at once. I had to read it in small sections and kind of uh, absorb. Uh, what was going on and and uh, and so on, and kind of digest that uh, and then move on, of course, but uh, the amazing thing, of course, is that Bud Powell produced some of the most incredible music in jazz. He is as much a, a pioneer uh, of modern jazz as Thelonious Monk, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, or Max Roach. Bud Powell really is to the piano what uh, all of those other gentlemen were to their instruments. But um, Bud Powell's range on the piano and his uh, ability is uh, unbelievable. And I I think of all the jazz giants um, that came out of that particular era, he is um, not overlooked, but kind of uh, because of, of, of his... Uh, later performances, which were not up to his best uh, for all the reasons because of his mental illness and medication, all this kind of stuff, people had a a tendency to sort of say, well, yeah, Bud was great, but uh, (laughs) it's quite unbelievable what what he did. And and he really was the standard of uh, jazz piano playing. Bud Powell, of course, came out, uh, um, he was not without his own influences. Uh, Earl Hines, um, Art Tatum, people like that uh, were uh, influences on, on Powell. Of course, as a young man, uh, when he was raised in the Powell family, his dad was a, a very fine pianist. And he, of course, thought that Bud would um, become a classical pianist. And, and enter into the world of classical music, which is what he wanted for his son. Uh, of course, Bud uh, living in the... He was, Bud was born in New York City in 1924, and so he lived through an era where it was very, very unlikely that an African-American would ever uh, become a prominent classical musician and enter that particular field of music. Things have changed now. But in those days, it just was very unlikely. And, uh, of course, Bud gravitated toward jazz music, um, much to his father's displeasure. But um, Bud, of course, became Bud Powell. Another one of Bud's influences was someone that a lot of people have never heard of. Uh, um, This is a pianist that played with uh, Louis Armstrong for many years. And Bud always said that he was a major influence on his playing. And that is a pianist named Billy Kyle. And a lot of people don't know about Billy Kyle, uh, but uh, Bud Powell certainly did. Anyway, we're going to hear some examples of Bud's music. We're going to hear two amazing trio performances done in 1950. Um, Bud had just um, uh, come out of um, an institution and uh, was in relative good health and recorded Uh, these two pieces in the company of Ray Brown on bass and the great Buddy Rich on drums. And these are two up-tempo pieces. 
uh, of standard tunes that Bud has completely reharmonized and uh, is going to play for you. The first one is uh, Vincent Newman's T for Two, and the second one uh, is written by um, Leo Robin, and it's a tune that, that was always a favorite of Bud's. It's called Hallelujah. Then after that, we're going to hear some of the most incredible solo piano by Bud Powell. But first, these two trio pieces that I'd like you to hear. This is some of the most literally scariest Bud Powell on records. It's amazing what this man could play. We begin with T for Two.
two incredible selections from this uh, session, which took place in the summer, in July of 1950 in New York City, with the great Bud Powell, accompanied by Ray Brown on bass, and Buddy Rich on drums. And we heard uh, Bud's version of Vincent Newman's T for Two to begin with, and the second tune was uh, a favorite of Bud's called Hallelujah, written by Leo Robin, both standard tunes uh, of the day. Incidentally, that biography that I mentioned of Bud is called Whale, and it's written by Peter Pullman, and um, it's uh, not an easy book to find, but I'm I'm sure if you wanted to uh, uh, obtain the book, you could go to one of the major bookstores here in Vancouver and uh, and order it. Um, It's an incredible read, and as I said, it's a a very disturbing read because... uh, Bud, to me, is the most, uh, uh, of all the major jazz figures um, from the modern jazz era, Bud is is truly the most tragic, but uh, I think the most talented. Um, They don't call this man a genius for nothing. Um, It's a word that's been bandied around a lot um, (laughs) these days. It seems that everybody's a genius, but... uh, very few are as gifted as as Bud Powell, and uh, the piano was his whole life. Um, he he didn't really function other than playing the piano. And um, we're going to hear some solo work that was done a little bit later uh, in New York City in February of 1951. And uh, this is some of my favorite Bud Powell work. Um, it's solo piano, and there's a whole group of pieces here. We're going to begin with uh, uh, four of his, five of his compositions, his own compositions, uh, beginning with uh, probably his most famous, uh, and it's called Parisian Thoroughfare. Uh, then we go to a, another tune called Oblivion. Then we go to a, uh, another beautiful tune called Dusk in Sandee. And uh, then another composition uh, following that called Hallucinations. Uh, And then a very uh, lighthearted piece of music called The Fruit. So those are all Powell compositions. Then we take you to a beautiful song that was, um, became an anthem after the Second World War, after the bombing of Britain, after the whole uh, peace was signed with Germany and so on and so forth. And the Brits were um, cleaning up the mess after uh, London was uh, severely bombed. And uh, this song came out and became uh, a favorite of uh, Brits, and it was called A Nightingale Sang in Berkeley Square. And uh, Bud Powell does it uh, justice. Um, that's a, that tune follows the fruit. Then we hear uh, a very happy thing written by Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein called The Last Time I Saw Paris. And it's a lighthearted thing, and Bud uh, struts out like uh, um, one of the old stride pianists. And then the final version is a tune called Just One of Those Things, written by Cole Porter, and it's given one of the most incredible readings that I have ever heard. And that's going to close the set. So here then is the genius of Bud Powell, beginning with Parisian Thoroughfare. (laughs) ¶¶ 
the genius of Bud Powell. And there's really not a whole lot to say about this uh, incredible piano playing. All of this was recorded in New York in February of 1951 for uh, Norman Grants, and it featured Bud on solo piano, playing mostly his own compositions and then dealing with a few favorite uh, standard tunes. And uh, some of the most incredible piano playing ever recorded, The Genius of Bud Powell. And that's not an overstatement. We opened with, uh, um, well, the first five compositions are Bud Powell's. And we opened with Parisian Thoroughfare. Uh, We moved to Oblivion. Then uh, Dusk in Sandy. Then Hallucinations. And then The Fruit. Then we went to some standards, and uh, the first one was the very beautiful uh, uh, British song, which became kind of an anthem uh, after the war. It was a big hit song, and it was called A Nightingale Sang in Berkeley Square. Then uh, Jerome Kern, Oscar Hammerstein tune done uh, beautifully by Bud and reflecting some of the earlier uh, piano styles. He got into some stride piano on this one. The last time I saw Paris... And then the most amazing version of Cole Porter's Just One of Those Things. That is beyond inexplicable. Bud Powell. And uh, we hope you enjoyed that, uh, that mini feature on one of the pioneers of modern jazz and one of jazz music's true geniuses, Bud Powell. And remember that uh, biography, if, uh, if you're interested in exploring his life, Uh, The book is written by Peter Pullman, and it's called simply Whale, The Life of Bud Powell. So you can check it out at uh, one of your favorite bookstores. All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker. And just a a few things before we get into our next uh, selection. Um, I'd just like to mention a couple of great websites to go on to. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That is, of course, coastaljazz.ca. And uh, that's quite a comprehensive website and covers all kinds of stuff. Um, Also... One of my favorite websites is VancouverJazz.com, and that's put together by the redoubtable Brian Nation, and he keeps that uh, all up to date. There's so many um, jazz gigs in different places in Vancouver, it's really hard to keep up. Uh, It could be a Wednesday night or a Thursday night or a Saturday afternoon, this sort of thing. One way to to, uh, check it out and find out uh, what is happening on our uh, very dynamic local scene and the various venues that uh, jazz music is played, you can always get on to Brian Nation's website, VancouverJazz.com, and uh, check out the, uh, the gig schedule on there. There's all kinds of links on there, including our podcasts, uh, musicians' biographies, um, even our jazz features are on there on a section called uh, In the Forum. Uh, called Jazz on the Air. So there you go. Um, It's a very comprehensive website, and I do recommend it, vancouverjazz.com. And just one more thing, I always mention my friend Ken Speller, who is a a wonderful 
musical instrument repairman. Now, there, there's lots of good ones in Vancouver. Ken is one of the very best, though, and he does his work from his home. He has his workshop, uh, and uh, everything you need and everything he needs uh, at his home, which is located in North Vancouver at 13th and Lonsdale area. And you can always contact Ken. Uh, if you're a professional or an amateur or a student or a hobbyist, and you play the saxophone, the clarinet, the flute, um, a reed instrument. Ken is the guy to keep your instruments in shape. So his phone number is 778-800-1933. That's 778-800-1933. You can contact him that way. Or you can get on uh, via email to kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R underscore 14 at Yahoo. .ca. Ken Speller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. So there you go. That's uh, He's a good man to get to know and uh, keep your instrument in shape, much like you uh, have to do uh, your car. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it's going to let you down one day. All right. One more thing we have to do, then we're going to get into some music. Well, our weather is uh, a little bit changeable, but uh, it's going to turn out to be really nice this weekend. So we'll just have to go through a kind of a bit of a mixed bag, but not not too bad, actually. Uh, Partly cloudy tonight and some fog patches forming this evening. And it's going to be a little bit windy down by the water uh, with a low of 15. Then tomorrow uh, is a mix of sun and cloud, and the fog patches will dissipate, of course, in the morning with a low of 15 and a high of 23. Wednesday, cloudy, with a low of 14 and a high of 20. Then Thursday and Friday is basically quite nice, a mix of sun and cloud, with a low uh, of 13 and highs between 20 and 21. Then on Saturday and Sunday, things brighten up quite a bit. Sunny weather for our Saturday and Sunday, with a low of 13 and a high of 23. So um, we're kind of back to uh, summer weather. Uh, as we approach the weekend. Speaking of summer weather, I think this is one of the finest jazz versions of the tune Summertime. Now, Summertime is written by George Gershwin and uh, Du Bois Hayward for um, Porgy and Bess. And it's been done to the death. Um, some of the worst singers I've ever heard have got up on the stand and sung Summertime. And also some of the most mediocre instrumentalists have gotten up and given their version of the tune as well. And some of the best have done it too. It's just been done to the death. But this is a refreshing version, and it's um, 
along with Miles Davis's version of this tune, this is one of my favorite versions. This is done by the Manhattan Jazz Quintet. And uh, the people involved here, Lou Soloff, the great trumpeter, uh, George Young on tenor saxophone, David Matthews on piano, Charnett Moffat on bass, and Steve Gadd on drums. And uh, this is Lou Soloff's arrangement of Summertime. Check it out.
That was the Manhattan Jazz Quintet, led by trumpet giant Lou Soloff. Lou on, and George Young on tenor saxophone, Dave Matthews on piano, Charnett Moffat on bass, and the great Steve Gadd on drums. And Lou's wonderful arrangement of the Gershwin Hayward Standard, Summertime. And uh, as I said, this uh, stands with... Uh, one of my all-time favorite versions of that um, sometime, sometimes overplayed tune. This uh, version was, uh, for me, very refreshing. So I thought I'd share it with you this evening. The passing of uh, a musician is always regretted, and uh, recently we heard of the passing of violinist John Blake, um, John was 67 years old and uh, died of uh, uh, a long illness. Wonderful violin player who played with McCoy Tyner. I heard him here in Vancouver uh, when he was with an, uh, a McCoy Tyner aggregation. They played at the uh, Arts Club Theater. And uh, many years ago, I don't know exactly when, but it was a wonderful concert and um, Gary Bartz, who's uh, the saxophonist, was uh, in the band at the time, and he's an old friend of mine, and he introduced me to John Blake, and I had a nice conversation with, uh, with Mr. Blake at that time. That was my only meeting uh, with John Blake, but I was certainly impressed by his, uh, his personality and his intelligence, and he is a wonderful violin player. He is on this date. This is a McCoy-Tyner date from 1979, and... Uh, it was done for uh, Milestone Records and produced, of course, by the redoubtable Oren Keep News. And uh, this is a band that features, um, I guess this, this band was together with these guys uh, just before uh, McCoy came to Vancouver and then changed some of the personnel in the band. But on this recording, we hear, of course, McCoy Tyner at the piano, John Blake on violin, and uh, Joe Ford, uh, wonderful, uh, there's an underrated guy, uh, wonderful flute player, soprano saxophonist, and alto saxophonist, powerhouse musician. And uh, on flute and tenor saxophone, another great musician who um, has since passed away, George Adams, 
who uh, who's playing I've always loved. And on bass, Charles Fambro. There's another gentleman who's gone and went too early as well. The great Al Foster on drums and my old friend Gil Hermie Franco playing congas and percussion. This is a McCoy Tyner composition and the title track from this album. It's called Horizon.
That's a small tribute to violinist John Blake, who passed away just recently, and he was involved with uh, this particular band for uh, several years. And we heard him solo and contribute to the ensemble on this uh, piece of music. This is uh, from an album by McCoy Tyner entitled Horizon, and uh, that was his composition. Um, and the title track of this uh, recording and featured McCoy on piano, John Blake on violin, Joe Ford on soprano saxophone, George Adams on tenor saxophone, Charles Fambro on bass, Al Foster on drums, and Gil Hermie Franco on congas and percussion. And uh, lovely piece of music from this uh Quite underrated uh, McCoy Tyner album recorded in 1979 for uh, Milestone Records. Here's a guy who is a wonderful guitarist. Uh, he went by his name was Joe Jones, but he went by the name of Boogaloo Joe Jones. And um, in his day, this man could really play. Now he's still around, but he. Um, decided to uh, to give up music and uh, went, and he is a minister uh, of a church now uh, and uh, in, in uh, New Jersey. And, of course, he is uh, uh, continuing to do that. Um, in a, I think in Atlantic City is where, uh, yes, that's where his, uh, his church is located. I, I guess he, um, he preaches to all the uh, sinners who gamble there. And, of course, uh, <laughs> whatever. But uh, in his day, Boogaloo Joe Jones was a badass musician. And he recorded for Prestige Records. We're going to hear a couple of tunes and compositions by Boogaloo Joe, on uh, who plays the guitar on here. And one of my favorites is Rusty Bryant, who is featured on, uh, on tenor saxophone here. Charles Ireland on uh, Hammond organ the late Charles Ireland, the burner, and Jimmy Lewis on Fender bass, and Bernard Purdy on drums. And we're going to hear two tunes. We're going to hear one called Right On, and the next tune is going to be called Poppin'. So here then is the fabulous Boogaloo Joe Jones. Thank you. 
was Boogaloo Joe Jones. In his day, which of course was the uh, early 70s, uh, until he stopped uh, playing, Boogaloo Joe was uh, a formidable guitarist, and he composed those two tunes for you. Uh, Joe is now one of the uh, leading disciples at the Glory Tabernacle Church in Bridgeton, New Jersey. Yeah, he got religion and uh, moved on from music. But as I said, in his day, uh, Boogaloo Joe was uh, certainly a formidable guitarist. This is from an album called Right On Brother, and it was recorded in um, 1970 at Rudy Van Gelder's studio with a, in the company of some great musicians, including Rusty Bryant on tenor saxophone, Charles Ireland on Hammond organ, Jimmy Lewis on Fender bass, and Pretty Purdy, Bernard Purdy, on drums. And we heard two tunes uh, from this album. Right On was the uh, title track, and the second tune was called Poppin'. Formidable guitarist. Yes, sir. You know, jazz and blues is really a related form, and uh, this is kind of interesting. I'm going to play something for you. This is by... um, featuring Gene Ammons, one of the great tenor saxophonists, and also one of the great bebop trumpet players uh, who came up in the 40s and, and uh, was, is kind of overlooked, but uh, he was um, certainly a formidable trumpet player in his day, Howard McGee. And the two of them got together with some blues musicians, and these guys are pretty basic. Uh, Jake Fisher is the guitarist, Barney Richmond is on bass, Willie Mashburn is on drums, and a guy playing conga drums is, only goes by one name, Waco. And um, we're going to hear uh, Gene Ammons 
and Howard McGee, two jazzers, um, play with some blues guys. And uh, this is a thing called housewarming. And it was recorded in New York in early 1962. And uh, it shows the relationship between uh, good jazz musicians and good blues musicians. They can all play together. Thank you. 
Thank mm-hmm. you. 
That's from a rare album, and it's called Nothing But Soul, and uh, it, uh, it, it's a, an elusive item. It was recorded in 1962 in New York, featuring two great jazz musicians in the, in the persons of Gene Ammons on tenor saxophone and Howard McGee on trumpet, and both these guys could play the blues, and um, some blues musicians, including Jake Fisher on guitar, Barney Richmond on bass, Willie Mashburn on drums, and a guy named Waco playing the conga drums. And that was a, a tune, the opening track, just a, a good old blues entitled Housewarming. And, of course, uh, featuring all those guys and kind of showing that uh, jazz guys uh, like Ammons and, and uh, Howard McGee uh, can certainly blend and uh, and and play the blues with with the best of them. We're going to close with some classic music by Wardell Gray, one of the great uh, tenor saxophonists. Wardell died quite tragically in 1955. His death um, is still sort of one of those unsolved mysteries, and we we won't go into all the details. Um, he was working in Las Vegas, and he was uh, his. Um, body was found several miles outside of Las Vegas in the desert. 
And uh, we'll leave it at that and, and not get into any of the details. But Wardell was one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone and uh, one of my all-time favorite players. This is Wardell recorded uh, in 1949 in New York City for Prestige Records, some of the earliest Prestige recordings. And we're going to hear, of course, a tune that has become a classic. This solo that he takes on it has been imitated. There's been words put to it. And I'm sure you'll recognize it. It's his own composition, and it's called Twisted. And um, then the next tune we're going to hear is uh, a ballad, beautiful ballad called Easy Living. And uh, then we're going to hear a uh, Wardell Gray composition called Southside. And um, maybe one more after that. But this is Wardell Gray on tenor saxophone with Al Haig on piano, who is the actual leader of the date, and Tommy Potter on bass and Roy Haynes on drums. And Haig, Potter, and Haynes were at the time Charlie Parker's rhythm section. So uh, you know they can play. So we'll open with, of course, the classic Twisted, a little tribute to the late, great Wardell Gray.
Thank you. 